Welcome to episode 35 of the Dudes Spake Dudes podcast. This is not a podcast about fun ways to celebrate Valentine's Day when you are trapped alone in a pandemic lockdown, nor is it a podcast about the best love songs of the 1930s. Uh, this is a podcast about dudes who are spanking other dudes or wish they were spanking other dudes, uh, and dudes who are being spanked by other dudes or, or wish they were being spanked by other dudes. Uh, and this podcast is being hosted by two dudes. Hi, I'm Harrison. I uh, hope you're all having a lovely Valentine's Day and behaving. <laughs> <laughs> and I am uh, Scott, also known as Red Spank Scott or Hop Up Scott. And I hope you are not behaving because because we're we've rolled out the vaccinations and, and I'm, I'm hoping um, we will be soon being able to get to a place where we'll be able to um, be held responsible for our lockdown misbehavior uh, with many, many, many spankings. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, Harrison. Um, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Um, I've been into spanking for a very long time um, since I was a teenager. I've sort of been on the spanking scene for maybe five, six years. Um, I've, and I've recently started my own little studio called Hotspot Spanking. Um, I'm at Hotspot Harrison on Twitter or Spankton Hill on Spank This Hookups if you want to get hold of me. Yep. And so you're doing your own little videos. Um, yep. Uh, which is a, a, a kind of a, a interesting thing that has been developed in most recent years. Um, and uh, folks may notice your accent. Uh, whereabouts are you from? So I'm originally from uh, southwest London. I live at the moment just outside of there in Surrey in England. The reason I'm having Harrison on this episode is to finally, finally talk about uh, British caning and discipline culture, which is mm -hmm. one of the very, very first pieces of feedback I got from the very first episode of the podcast was, please don't forget about us over here in the United Kingdom um, and not just people in England and Ireland and Scotland um, that whole culture. So I, I asked Harrison, who um, I had seen on Twitter um, and I had seen uh, doing some caning sessions or uh, um, images of, of canings on, on your on your Twitter feed to talk about uh, caning and British culture. We'll get to that. Uh, we have some couple pieces of business. Uh, one, unfortunately, uh, first of all, I, I apologize to regular listeners that it's been a long time between episodes. It's been a difficult winter uh, for a lot of people, myself included. Um, I just needed a little bit of space for a little bit of time. And unfortunately, uh, I also have to pass along some, some, some bad news. Um, another uh, important person within the American spanking scene uh, passed away in December. Um, uh, Ron uh, of uh, Ron and Gary uh, is, is a couple. Everyone knows them as a couple. Uh, They're married. Um, Ron had been uh, fighting cancer for the past uh, couple of years and he passed away. And uh, Ronnie Geary, for people particularly in the West Coast, but they're known in the the dudes speaking community across America and and uh, among several people in, in other countries as well. Uh, they're known for hosting speaking parties in uh, Northern California, in, in Fresno, where they live, 
uh, and they're very open about it. I'm, I'm not speaking out of out of school here. They actually both independently, Ron and Gary, have both actually offered to be on the podcast. And I, my biggest regret is, well, my biggest regret is Ron is gone. My second regret is not getting Ron on the podcast, um, uh, just not working that part out. And it was just completely me, not them. Um, what I want to say about Ron and Gary is that uh, – when I first came on to the spanking scene here in Los Angeles, uh, 15 <laughs> some odd years ago, I think it was the second Moonburn uh, event that I went to that they had come down from Fresno to attend. Um, they did that periodically. And Gary just immediately invited me up to one of their parties. Uh, they had these parties twice a year. And people would go there. And the, the thing about the parties is that they in Ron and Gary made you feel like you were part of a community and their influence on me is, you know, visible, well, audible um, in this podcast, because one of the, one of the themes of this podcast is that if you have a spanking fetish um, with, you know, you and other men, you are part of a community and Ron and Gary were the ones who made me feel that way. And I will, I will miss Ron terribly. Um, and the, the other part about being a part of a community is, is, of course, everyone has, you know, everyone in the spanking community is, you know, sending our love to Gary um, as he's dealing with the loss of, of his husband. Um, they were, they were legally married. They were, they were actually the first gay couple I know that was legally married because they had, um, they're here in California, and there was that, that interesting little political battle about uh, gay marriage in California, and they got legally married during that weird little gap before the Proposition Bandit. So, so they were in this small group of, of gay people who were legally married in California uh, during a, a little time period where there was a fight over it. So they, they loved each other that much, and they're, they're a wonderful couple, and I will miss Ron terribly. Um, and of course, I have nothing but, you know, love for Gary as he's recovering from all of this. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, and just just remember that you're part of you're part of a family. If, if you have a spanking fetish. Um, uh, beyond that, the other piece of bad news, which uh, I talked about with uh, Doug and Jaden in a separate little special, but just in case you haven't heard. Um, it should be clearly obvious at this point that we are absolutely not going to be able to hold, uh, host Hot Seat Retreat in Palm Springs in March. Uh, but just to make it you know, clear, in case anyone missed a special little podcast or the note that we sent out, we are making plans for Hot Seat Retreat in spring 2021, and we hope to see all of y'all there. So, um, But with that, uh, Harrison, um, we're going to shift over to the Dudes Speak of Real Dudes part of the podcast to talk about caning um and like i said at the beginning uh it's one of the most one of the most requested topics for me to talk about i'm not entirely comfortable about it because i have very 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 little experience with caning i have been taught how to cane um, but because it's not a huge part of american corporal punishment scene i really haven't had very much opportunity to, to practice it to do it effectively so i thought i would talk to someone who has had some time and uh to spend with uh getting good at caning. So, so let's start with this, Harrison, how, how pivotal 
is caning to the British corporal punishment experience? I, I think it's really the, I suppose, if there is a, a quintessentially a British uh, form of corporal punishment, it would, of course, be caning. And it's uh, it's certainly a very big deal in, in the UK still. Yeah, so in, it, it, of course, has a huge school-related fantasy, which we're going to get to in the, mm. the fantasy life of spanking. So this entire podcast episode is going to be about actual caning and then caning fantasies and how to connect those two. So I only finally got caned for the first time. Um, I think actually the first time I got actually six of the best was at Hot Seat Retreat. Um, and even then, the guy uh, took it a little bit easy on me because it was my first time. So mm-hmm. um, it was different from what I expected. So so let's start with that. Why don't you talk about what uh, people think a caning is like versus what it's really like? Well, um, I'm going to have to cast my mind back to when I did not know what a caning felt like. Um, <laughs> I think there's a perception that it's going to be rather similar to other forms of spanking, but just um, more acute. Uh, I think what people don't expect is the sort of different way in which you will you will feel the caning. Um, when the cane strikes you, you will feel a sort of thud, a light thud. And then a few seconds later, um, as your sort of nerves decompress a little bit, that's when the, the real uh, sting of, of the cane comes on sort of gradually. Yeah, and so the, the interesting thing about the experience, of course, not really realizing that's going to happen and having that happen to you for the first time, which is something that, you know, it only it's really interesting um, from someone who has a lot of experience with paddles. And I have been had my ass beaten mm. by paddles quite a lot. And I've beaten a lot of asses with paddles, which is the effect of a paddle is very immediate. Um, yes. And the the severity of the pain happens immediately and lessens. So this was very much the uh, realizing like when I was, when this happened, it's like, oh, this isn't, I, and, and part of me is like, Americans have a tremendous fear of, or well, tremendous is probably not the right word, but we sort of either fear or exotic, uh, exoticize the cane. And oftentimes people in the UK do the same thing with paddles. And as someone who is an expert with paddles, like what I say is like they're kind of um, uh, they're not quite clear on what the experience is really like. And, and paddles, if they're yeah. used properly, aren't as terrible as people think. A lot of it is sound. And of course, for Americans, we <laughs> for me, I was like, I didn't understand first. Well, why are people afraid of this? And then after a couple of seconds, it's like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, here it is. And when, of course, but fortunately, since I had all this experience with paddles, I was like, oh, so it's just backwards. This is paddling backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And then the uh, the the I find that the the marks from the cane will kind of sting uh, maybe like an hour after the, the session is stopped in a way that you don't get with other implements. No. Right. Yeah. With it with a paddle, it will it will sting for a while and then fade and you'll get what you'll end up with if it's a really good you know if it, especially if it's a thick paddle you'll get some bruising um some deep some deep tissue mm-hmm. uh bruising so you'll have this sort of um you'll have warmth for a while and then you'll end up with a 
it's hard to explain. It's a, a tingling feeling um, that isn't quite pain, but you really kind of like it. And then yeah. you get this interesting stinging. If you have a spanking fetish or if you have a pain fetish, you'll enjoy how it feels. But there is a certain kind of interesting pain with it. Definitely. Um, so so let's talk about as much as we can. I realize that if, if you're inexperienced with caning, the proper thing to do is to have an experienced person show you how to do it. That's what happened with me. Um, but let's just kind of talk about proper caning techniques. The two things that I have learned about the British people that I have been who have been part of my life is, number one, British people have very firm positions on the proper way to make tea. The other thing is that they have very firm positions on the proper way to cane somebody. Uh, so uh, do you, is, is that accurate, first of all? Um, absolutely. I think, um, uh, and for me, it's uh, to use loose leaf uh, tea in a teapot, <laughs> which I don't think is what most of them do. But <laughs> uh, Yeah, so but but for caning, so let's talk about kind of the proper way to cane somebody. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what you do when you're getting out of caning. Um, well, I mean, caning techniques can be pretty idiosyncratic, but there are definitely some things you need to watch out for. I think the first thing is always to make sure that the person you're spanking is in the right position, um, that their bottom is high enough. I mean, I'm pretty tall, so often uh, I have to make sure that they're either kneeling on something or over something that they are at the right height so that the cane is at, uh, at, the, at right angles to, to their bottom. Uh, and then as for the actual technique, well, it all happens very, very fast, of course, uh, but I'll try and explain as best I can. During the first part of the motion, you're really using, you're moving your arm, and then at the end, you will flick your wrist, and that will uh, make sure that the cane lands across both cheeks at the same time, as the flick will cause the, the end of the cane to flip round onto the far cheek, just as the... Uh, the near cheek is getting struck with the nearer part of the cane. Uh, that's as best I can explain it. Um, oh, easy way to do it that I was taught um, if you're just starting out is to make sure that you keep your elbow into your body when doing it. That gives you a, a, a lot more control. So if you're not that experienced doing it, that can be a good way to make sure you're not too inaccurate. Yeah, it's really it's it's very important to avoid wild, uncontrolled yeah. swings. Um, one of the interesting that happens with a when I, I was actually taught how to give a, uh, give a caning and I picked up the basics pretty quickly and there's a reason behind that though um, if you are experienced with using long paddles on someone who's bent over like mm -hmm. frat punishment the technique is surprisingly similar um, and once someone showed me because I've had a lot of practice. And while using a long paddle isn't hard, if you want to, um, if you want to have long sessions, you know, because one of the big things, if you have a spanking fetish, is it's the, the the difference of the fantasy versus the reality, and we'll talk about that in the fantasy section. Is in reality, corporal punishment sessions, when used in punishments in school and frat things, are often very short, uh, a few swats. Yes. And, you know, when you're doing this is, is actual spanking play, you want to have longer sessions. And one of the things you have to learn with the paddle is how to give even swats so, uh, so that the impact is spread across the butt, which 
not only enhances the way it feels because you know you get the whole butt, uh, but the distribution, the spread of it allows um, uh, stops a particular part of the butt, usually the the cheek furthest from the paddle, of getting all the inertia of the impact and yep. taking all the brunt of it, and therefore. Um, being more, getting more punishment than the other cheek. Um, if you've ever seen, you know, frat hazing images where, where like the right cheek is absolutely wrecked, mm -hmm. just because these boys are, the boys giving these spankings have been drinking heavily and are not being careful. Yeah. And so, so they're just, they're just whacking away. And when you start learning how to use a paddle as an implement, you're learning to how to hit both cheeks evenly. And that's kind of what you're learning to do when you're learning how to cane, you're focusing on the cheek closest to you and then letting the inertia of the swing um, line it up so that it hits evenly, right? Yes. I mean, I think the big difference is that with a paddle, when you swing it, it's not going to flip up and down along kind of the y-axis, whereas with a with a cane, it, it, it goes up and down <laughs> as, you, as you're swinging it side to side, which is, is the hard part. To right get, to get uh, flat against the bottom. Right, but still control is very important because in you know yeah. in both cases you need to make sure that you're not aiming too high. Yes, definitely. I always err on aiming too low if I'm going to err at all. Yeah, and you'll notice I, I uh, if you watch someone, even someone who's experienced giving a caning, um, they're usually they rest the cane on the bottom. At the spot mm -hmm. where they're going to strike. That's right. So what is what does that do? Um, I think part of it, to be honest, is uh, to do with just the the excitement and the anticipation of the of the spanky. Uh, but it also it's it's like any sport. It's like you know golf or tennis. You line up your shot, um, and it it just it helps your hand eye coordination. It helps you uh, you know know where you're going to hit. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, one of the interesting things about uh, caning is um, as someone who loves to, you know, to hand spank a guy over his knee and, and loves to, to paddle a guy. Um, and I do love doing it on the seat of their pants and their jeans and working my way down. Um, it's especially if it's an experienced bottom. It's not a terribly effective type of punish, whereas canes are still effective on somebody who's fully clothed, right? Yes, and I, th I think I'm right in saying that that's why, why they came into popularity. Because um, in, in British schools previously, the birch was used, but you can only really birch someone on the bare bum. And then uh, the schools got a bit prudish about that, so they started using the cane because you can hit someone over the trousers with it, and it can still be very effective. Right. Um, yeah, so it has a reputation that is difficult to learn, which I think now that I've you know had some time with it, it isn't accurate. But um, it's, it's there's only so much that uh, I can practice it. So how long does it how long did it take you to get good at at hitting someone? Um, it took me quite a while. I mean, I, I know a lot of people who get into it, spend a lot of time practicing with pillows, actually. Um, I, I'll be honest, I can never be bothered with that. So unfortunately, there were a, a sort of a long line of boys who had to sort of put up with me for a while uh, before I truly got good. Uh, but, you know, I'm still improving. I'm not uh, I'm not nearly as good as some people at uh, at, at caning. Uh, it's it can you can pick it up relatively quickly. But, you know, it's one of those things where you're always going to be improving. Right. So what so so 
if you're someone who's being caned mm. by someone who's less experienced, um, what should you keep an eye on and communicate? Like, like what shouldn't be, what shouldn't you be feeling when you're being so, caned? Yes. Some very obvious things. Uh, if you feel the cane wrapping around, that means that they're not positioning it in the right place. You need to uh, sort of put the end of the cane when you're caning on the sort of middle to middle right of the of the of the far bottom cheek. Otherwise, obviously, the cane bends and so it's going to wrap around and you're going to end up hitting people on the hip and that sort of thing. Uh, I would also always just ask the top to, you know, like I say, err on the side of going low, because as with most spanking things, it's better to you know, give someone a nasty uh, mark on their thigh than it is to, you know, hit them in, in their coccyx. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as always, like one of the one of the problematic behaviors of top sometimes mm. is some um, have a difficult time accepting correction from the bottom. Like they, they, they did the bottom yeah. job. And, you know, because I just I'm mentioning this because I just someone I saw on, on Twitter a couple of days ago complaining that that someone told him that he was a, a expert at, at caning and and um, did it wrong or did something wrong during the caning session. And so mm. whereas, you know, someone like me, I'm open and honest about like, oh, no, I'm still learning how to do this right. Um, yeah. Even even with paddles, which I describe myself as being very, very good at, um, I could still kind of, you know, not do a perfect swat and 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 yeah. hit unevenly and it's very important to be comfortable with correction from the bottom from the letting the bottom the bottom should be comfortable with letting you know that their experience is not what you think it is so you know be comfortable if you're um a top um in your particularly when you're learning this you have to be willing yes. to to yeah. feed get feedback from the bottom Definitely, absolutely, um, and it's it's useful if you're learning. <laughs> Otherwise, you're never going to learn. Yeah. So, um, what are some materials that make good canes? I mean, classically, of course, the cane is made from rattan. Um, um, that's pretty much exclusively the sort of canes I would use. Um, I know that there are canes made from various polymers, things like Delrin canes and this sort of thing. I've Use those a few times, but I don't actually own any, and it's not something I would use that often. Uh, so generally, it's made from rattan. Okay, and you uh, ordered yours online, right? I did. I I ordered them online. Um, in London, they're not that easy to come by. See, that that was a surprising information. I just I mm. just assume they're everywhere. I. <laughs> uh, some of the shops in London will carry them, maybe one cane or two. And they're generally a bit overpriced. So I, I found that getting them online is, is, is usually a better solution. How long do you, do canes usually last? Because it's one of those things where it might be because we're American and we're not taking good care of them. But I hear a lot about canes breaking. Uh, I don't think I've ever broken a cane, actually. I think they can last pretty long. Uh, you can certainly take good care of them uh, either by soaking them in warm water every now and then and having them dry out, or you can oil them. I know some people oil, oil them. Uh, that just helps them keep their flexibility and not uh, become too brittle, which is when you're going to break them. Okay. And um, transporting canes must be yeah. challenging. <laughs> it is. You know, I had a friend come over uh, 
from Copenhagen a few years ago and uh, we were doing spanking stuff and we decided to transport all our canes around in one of those sort of uh, cardboard rolls that you keep posters in. And he was walking through Trafalgar Square and the bottom fell out and his canes just spilled all over Trafalgar Square in London, which was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so but it can be it can be difficult to find a way to transport them. They're not as easy, not as portable as certain other things. Yeah, I've seen people using um, uh, transport bags for pool cues. Yes. Uh, for fishing rods. Um, in one case, and this is something you could only get away with in America, um, a gun case for a rifle. Um, what do you use? Um, I have a guitar case, which is absolutely full of uh, spanking implements that I usually use. <laughs> that's, that, that's funny. Yeah. So, so, um, has anyone ever actually asked you to like, oh, you you have a guitar? And you're like, no, no. Yeah, no, no. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I love, love playing guitar, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> On my way to practice, yeah. <laughs> uh, so so what should we, we talked about some bad techniques uh, mm. with the cane, um, but but what's some, some real risky behavior? What shouldn't you do with the cane? Uh, I would generally, I mean, I would generally not strike anyone anywhere on the, like their torso uh, i know that obviously uh it is you know, people cane the soles of feet as well it's not something i really do um so i'm not sure how much advice i can give in that department uh but yeah i would certainly stay away from hitting people all over the rest of their body with a cane um i just i, I don't think it's particularly safe okay and um what about positions? Because it seems to what I see most is is bent over a desk. Is that typical? What sort of positions are there? Other positions? Yes, uh, either bent over a desk or bent over the side of a chair. Sometimes grabbing ankles. Uh, like I said before, it depends how tall you are as a as the caner. You really want to make sure that their bottom is at the right height for you to have the cane straight. You don't want it to be dipping down at an angle um, when you're hitting them. It's other positions you could have them lay on their back and lift up their legs. That is that is a fair fair position to to give a caning in, um, with you know maybe a pillow underneath or something of that nature, or laid on the bed and then the cane caning given across the bed. I, I've I've done that before, but traditionally yes, it's it's usually bent over, okay. uh, bent over a chair or bent over a desk. Again, very similar to using longer paddles. Mm. Um, yeah. Right. So uh, is um, does caning require any sort of special aftercare? Um, compared to other, I, I would say the aftercare is roughly similar to other kinds of spanking. I mean, with with a caning, you're going to get sort of welt type marks um, if you've given it fairly staunchly. And uh, I would just use the same thing you would use if you'd given you know, a paddling or a belting or, or, or any other kind of hard spanking. Right. And so one of the one of the things that I always wonder about is there's again, for people who don't do a lot of caning is that that canes have a reputation um, for cutting into the skin. And so one of the questions is like, well, do I need antibiotics? And but that's not really normally what happens. Yeah, that, it in my view, that shouldn't be what happens. I know that there are people who do do it a little bit more severely than, than usual. And yeah, um, you, at, the, at some point you're going to break the skin. But generally speaking, no, uh, the cane should form a sort of welt uh, across the bum. But 
I, I wouldn't say it's any more likely to break the skin than, than other, other forms of, of punishment. And if it's done properly, it, it probably shouldn't at all. Okay, yeah. It, it, to me, again, again, similar to paddling. I mean, I've done and I've had paddling sessions that have reached that stage, but it's yeah. atypical. Yeah, it's exactly. certain, certain, certain guys like it, certain guys don't. It's very specific, and it's usually people who've been doing it a long time who, are, who yes. want to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, with that, we are going to wrap up the real world discussion of mm -hmm. of kidding. But uh, let's talk about the fantasy life of spanking and specifically the schoolboy, the British schoolboy fantasies, which are just an incredibly, incredibly common um, fantasy about corporal punishment that I hadn't really had the opportunity until 35 mm. episodes in uh, of the podcast to actually discuss with someone. So so the whole idea of a schoolboy kidding seems like kind of a rite of passage in England. So so what's the story behind it? Um, I mean, of course, I'm a little bit uh, young to have ever been in school with caning, but it was uh, the sort of dominant mode of, of corporal punishment in, in British in British schools for uh, well over a century uh, more. And uh, there were a number of different ways in, in, in which you could get caned in a, in a British school, either by uh, the headmaster, which was usually the most severe caning, or by the teachers, and then sometimes by older boys, uh, whether prefects or, or, or any other uh, boy who was given authority in the school. So, so how long? Um, so, so. Caning was kind of a, a very central, or it appears to have been, you know, a central, significant part of the British schoolboy experience for a long time. But it, it finally yeah. entered towards the end of the 20th century, right? Yes. So uh, it was banned in, in British state schools in 1986 uh, because they needed to comply with, uh, I think it was the European Union ruling. And then in private schools, it, it, it uh, continued to 1998 in England. Right. And so there, and by the time I arrived in school, um, they it had just been banned, but it's, a lot of teachers still had the canes in the classrooms. Was that a turn on seeing the, seeing the canes? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure I was that conscious of it at the time. Uh, but it was it was very funny because the teachers didn't know how to deal with the students and they would become really, really enraged. And they would sort of like almost reach back uh, and then realize they couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So it was often quite funny. Yeah, yeah. So there was there was still corporal punishment in America, and actually there's still parts of America where corporal punishment takes place in schools. Um, I don't really talk about it too much because we focus on adults here. Um, but uh, one of the experiences I had growing up was was that yeah, corporal punishment was at the schools that I uh, went to in Florida. I was actually afraid of of getting in trouble and getting paddled because we we of course being Americans use paddles, not cans. Because I was afraid that they would find out that I was, they would realize that I had been fantasizing about getting spankings. And so yes. I was actually terrified and I was a very, very good boy in school. Yes, I think, and I think that's similar. Uh, that's kind of a, where a lot of the interest comes in. I think if you're, you know, gay or bisexual and you're at a school, particularly in Britain, we have a lot of boys schools. Um, you, you, when you become an adult, you reflect on your time at school and you wish that you'd been a bit more you know, open and a bit more out when you're at school and you think about all the things that you could have done if you'd had more confidence. Because, <laughs> of course, at the time, you're very afraid that people will find out you're gay or you like men. And so you you kind of hide back from those kind of things. 
And so I think that's why people enjoy those kind of role plays. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah. like, if you have if you have a pin fetish, and this is something yeah. we talked about periodically in the podcast, you're looking for and the purpose of the why we have the fantasy section on the podcast is your mind is looking for ways to give you permission to feel pain or to inflict pain on other yeah. people. And these school fantasies are an existing way to get yourself in that headspace to make you feel like um, if you like the discipline, the disciplinarian fantasy of, uh, you know, feeling like you've been bad. And so now yeah. you are being disciplined and you're you're feeling that pain that you really want um, subconsciously. Or in this case, one of the interesting things that, that I've learned like as someone who isn't into the disciplinary hearing, there is a British bullying fantasy involving caning. Yes, uh, definitely, because of course a lot of the caning in this, particularly in boarding schools, would have been done by older boys, uh, by by prefects, and I mean there was also a practice in certain schools called fagging, which was where as a younger boy you would be expected to do uh, chores for uh, for an older boy, and of course if if you didn't perform well then you could be disciplined. And so I think there's a big, there is a big element of sort of like being bullied by the older older boys who've uh, who've been given authority over you. Yeah, and that that is my that is my jam, as they say. Mm. I, I I love. I've never been as as much as I um, love staking. I've never been particularly good at authority based discipline role play. But I love bullying scenes. I've I've talked about them a lot, and so like this is good to hear for me uh, as somebody who occasionally gets approached and asked if if I could do caning scenes and yeah. trying to figure out how to work that part of it. So, um, what do we need? What do you if if you have a fantasy? If you have fantasies about about uh, British schoolboy fantasies, what are the, what are the important components of of turning that fantasy into reality? I found that a big thing that uh, people like is if the spanky is wearing some kind of school uniform. Um, I think it's it's very common over here for for them to already own one. Um, you know, usually either shorts and a blazer, tie and shirt, or or long trousers, um, blazer, uh, tie and shirt, and then usually uh, tight white briefs. Uh, that's a big part of it. And then as the as the spanker then you're either going to dress up as a, as a teacher or as an older boy. And you've done, you typically do the older boy? Yes, yes, I don't get much, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not quite at the age to be a good schoolmaster yet. Um, <laughs> so I, and there's, there's, a, there's certainly a lot of them about in Britain. Uh, so usually I, I'm, I'm playing the role of an older boy or a prefect. So where does the concept of six of the best come from? You hear this this term a lot when you're talking about someone getting a caning. Six of the best. Yes, it's sort of uh, it's it's quite a common phrase in in British English that people use, um, and it harkens back to the fact that yes, that was sort of the the sterner end of the sort of punishment you would get in a British school, usually from the headmaster. Uh, you would get six of the best. Uh, Usually canings in schools were fewer strokes than that. Right. You'd maybe get two or three. Uh, but if, if you'd done something particularly bad or you're a repeat offender, uh, you could get six of the best. OK. Yeah, that actually, again, matches in America where, mm. uh, again, because corporal punishment happened in my schools, I knew this. It was the, the maximum number of swats you could get was five. And typically you would only, you know, 
guys would get like two or three, very similar. Yeah. And so the so one of the things you have to do in in making this fantasy reality is very few bottoms on this baking scene want to go through the trouble to 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 bend over a guy and get just six of anything. So yeah. so how do how are you ex- extend that experience um i think the most important thing is to kind of discuss it with them beforehand um ordinarily with i would extend it by starting off with a hand spanking beforehand um making sure to you know do plenty of lecturing and and that sort of thing and then to take my time between strokes and to be honest uh you know after they've maybe spent some time in the corner uh, giving them another set and another until uh, until, you know, I'm satisfied they've learned their lesson. Right. And then you always end it with a sh- solid caning, last set of, of cane. Yes, I think it's, I usually think it's a very good um, kind of implement to end on in, in, in a spanking session. Okay. Yeah, because I do that in paddling sessions, going mm-hmm. through a bunch of different implements. And yeah. again, one of the reasons... Uh, for that, it, beyond just the variety and well, and extending the session is when you switch between different types of implements. In this case, if you switch between cane and hand, it allows the butt to kind of um, changes in the type of impact kind of allow the butt to kind of recover. Uh, whereas if you just use the same type of impact over and over and over again, you will you will wear the butt out and then you will start yes. like breaking into the skin. And so going through a bunch of different implements allows the session to go longer with me that I always end because I always end with my favorite really solid Jakari paddle. It's also what I prefer as a bottom with like a really good firm yeah. final session with that paddle. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, the cane is a very good one to end on because it, it certainly leaves a lasting sting. Yes. <laughs> so you had mentioned like preparing beforehand, even though from a perspective of, of a yank, it um, they all seem kind of the same. But but talk a little bit about how the parts of communication in preparing for these scenarios. Um, well, I, I mean, it, I think with any spanking scenario, it's important to kind of speak to the person you're meeting beforehand, uh, ask them, you know, exactly what they're looking for uh, and make sure you know um, what, what kind of role play they want, how severe, um, how much experience they've got. Uh, and of course, uh, whether, you know, it's it's sexual for them, which it can be or it can't be. Right. Yeah, that's a that's always a big thing. Every both both or well, even if there's both or three or four or whoever many guys on the scene, everyone needs to be on the same page as far as whether this is strictly discipline or whether it might develop into other things. So, yeah. Um, anything else? You, have you done any uh, already of your videos of canning scenes? Um, that I've got up on my, on my clips for sale at the moment. I think there might be, a caning in between a number of other things on one of the videos. Um, I think uh, there's a video of me getting six of the best on my OnlyFans, actually. Uh, I, I would love to make more caning videos. At the moment, it's not possible. Uh, but I hope that in the coming months, I can and get back to meeting people and, and get making a good caning video, because I've never made a good caning video. 
Yeah, it's very they're very interesting. It's very interesting to watch um, at uh, Badass Weekend in here in, in America in Georgia. Um, there's a couple who gave a formal Canadian um, uh, judicial caning, uh, historically accurate or as accurate as they could give, which I believe it was six. Um, again, you know, a short, intense experience. But well, no, it wasn't a short experience. It was a small number, but it was it was a very lengthy, formal, and very interesting to watch. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So with that, we will wrap up the fantasy life of Canning. Any other last thoughts about fantasies about uh, schoolboy Canings? Um, with schoolboys, uh, not too many more thoughts. Of course, there are all sorts of other you know, Caning scenarios people like to do. Um, people do military caning scenarios here in the UK sometimes, and also uh, judicial, of course, like, as you just mentioned. Right, yeah. Yep, two slightly different or additional slightly different scenarios, which are, have their own historical backgrounds. So, right. All right, well, thanks for talking about that. Now, we have someone submitted uh, me a question on Tumblr, which I mostly didn't see for a while because – Tumblr has like purged all of its porn. And so like I check maybe I know. I know. once every two weeks, uh, but I did get submitted a question and I, I kind of responded uh, a little bit, uh, but had some more thoughts about it. And I wanted to invite you. Um, someone uh, sent in a question. So my husband knows I love to be spanked, but we don't live alone. So I really get to get spanked. Um, is there a paddle or tool that is less noisy, but will still give me the same satisfaction I crave to be spanked? Yes. So, I mean, I have a couple of thoughts on this. Uh, the first is the most obvious one, which is that the cane is perfect for, for what they're, for, for what they're talking about. Uh, and my second is always that don't worry about the noise. I mean, I can't count the number of times where I've been in a hotel or I've been in an apartment and it's quite obvious that <laughs> in theory they can hear um, you giving a spanking next door, but it through a wall, it really kind of sounds like DIY most of the time. Uh, I think uh, it's more the yelps of the of the spanky that uh, are going to give the game away than the actual spanking. <laughs> yeah, um, a, a tip that I suggested, and this can vary wildly, but a lot of hairbrushes are pretty quiet. Some could be pretty loud depending on yes my, so my you, favorite one is extremely loud that's why i like it <laughs> yeah yeah so you have to kind of test them i have one that's really quiet it's also tends to be small the smaller hand brushes the, the big huge ones that that uh, that spankos really like are also are typically pretty loud but there are a lot of actually smaller ones the other one that i was thinking of actually just last night when i was when i was uh thinking about the podcast this morning, um, there are rubber type implements for sale, both paddles yes. and sort of like rod type implements that are that are kind of that are flexible. They are very quiet. Um, and another one is the carpet beater. I find that doesn't make a lot of noise. And it's very good to use with the cane uh, after caning. I find it helps the butt recover. Yep. And I don't know if you can get those in America. Those are also a very British thing um, with the, the weird kind of patterns. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, maybe you can maybe you could find them someplace in the United States because, well, fetish shops, of course, they sell everything. Um, yep. So, so those are some options if you need some quiet. Um, yeah. 
And uh, with that, we will wrap up our episode. Uh, thanks for being on the podcast, Harrison. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah. No, so where again can people reach you if they want to get in touch with you? So I'm on Twitter at Hotspot Harrison and I'm on uh, Spank the Hookups as Spankton Hill. I have accounts uh, in most other places, but I don't check them that regularly. So those are usually the best places to reach me. Okay. And I am on a lot of places. I am on Spank This Hookups as Red SPK Scott. I am on WAPS and Recon as Red Spank Scott. That's my top side. Now, my bottom side is on all of these places as Hot Bot Scott. So um, if anyone has any questions, uh, feel free to send them my way. I'm going to work on with this new year of trying to get hopefully, hopefully we'll be out there spanking each other again soon. I can't um, wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll get back into the habit of doing the podcast more frequently. So uh, thank you again, Harrison, and thanks to all of our listeners.